everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. House of David Ministries. I am Pastor Summer Allen. Just want to thank the Lord, give him praise for the life, health, and strength. Thank God for the coming together of um, the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing. I want to begin with prayer, but um, just so that you know, as far as with the scripture reading, we're going to get there. But um, And it's Matthew 19, so you don't read ahead, but it's Matthew 19. And I'm going to give some information as far as um, definitions and backgrounds on, on this message first, and then we'll get into the Word. So let's go ahead and go into prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we lift your name on high this morning. Lord Father, we ask you, Lord God, first of all, for forgiveness, Lord God, of every sin or iniquity, or transgression committed against you, Lord God. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that we come to you, Lord God, holy and acceptable, Lord Father, that you would implant a seed in us this day, Lord God, that would transform us, that would take us, Lord God, into the next level in you. And, Lord Father, we would be in a state of revelation, Lord God, to receive the word, Lord Father, that it can be turned over, watered, and increased. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that the atmosphere be the atmosphere of plenteousness, Lord Father that the ground be fertile in all of us, Lord God. Let our minds, Lord God, be open to receive. For your word says, he who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that the hearer, Lord Father, be able to hear this morning, Lord Father. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would bless, Lord God, each and every ear, Lord God. Touch us, Lord Father, in the only way that you know how, that the power of God, Lord God, rests upon us and about us. And can't the angels, Lord Father, that they would be able to minister to us as well. We pray, Lord Father, that any negativity, Lord God, would be pushed out of us. Any negativity in us and around us, Lord God. Let us be empty. And, Lord Father, you might be able to fill us, Lord Father. And I pray that all of these things, that they shall be done in Jesus' name. Amen. So the message today is the crossroads. And I'm going to actually use some visual um, for us today so that we can so we can kind of see what a crossroads looks like. And normally, you know, for us, a crossroads is a way of two um, interse- intersections connecting together, right? And it actually should be seen as a question mark because there is an area where 
we have in our lives in so many different areas that we come to, like we say, a crossroads where there's a question of whether I will go this way or that. Will I go north or south, east or west? Will I make a left turn or a right turn or, or U-turn? Because that's another option too. And scripturally, there is a crossroads that God wants us to focus on and the crossroad that he wants us to focus on is the crucifixion. He says that, you know, at the crucifixion, there was many things that were happening there. Um, genuinely, generally, we, we see the crucifixion as a way of God carrying our sins to, to the cross and sending them to the cross, going through death to life, and um, moving on and creating a place for us to be. But there was a lot more things that were going on at the cross at that moment in time that he was doing. We serve a God who is multidimensional. So in so many different dimensions, he was fixing it, fixing the, the wrongs and making them right. I was reading and I was trying to um, get what God was giving me about the crossroads. And, you know, like I said, at every crossroads, there's always two choices right, left or right. And what he was giving me is that the crossroads, when you actually look at it, and you can see like the CR here that we have for an option, we can either create one way or we can create the other way. The long way here is actually what is called the crucifixion. So I'm going to write that down here. This is what's genuinely called the crucifixion. And the reason why that's called the crucifixion is because it comes from a word called sustos. And sustos means to be a stake, a stake that is driven downward, right? And so when people were crucified, they were crucified on the stake, and they were nailed to it. And um, to go through their death in a very horrible, horrible way. And the people don't understand that the original sign or the original crucifixion, the, the cross was crossed at the top of the stake, at the very, very top of the stake. And what that actually represented was there was like a two, because, you know, we had a beam down here, and then we also had a beam at the, at the top. So the two beams together became that cross. But what it was, it was the sign of an old god called Tamus. And there we hear him again, over and over again in, in the words. And Tamus had a mystical, it was an Egyptian a mystical sign in the shape of a teeth because it represented his name and the first initial of his name being, being the T. When the Christian church um, joined with the pagan church, as we know, in back in the, in the days of um, the Roman Empire, and we know how the Romans came in, and then they, they started to come together to try to form what we know is as a, as a current church. And um, we can go into to history about that, but I will not do that right now because that's very deep. Um, but during that time, there was a lot of pagan rituals that we took on. 
So this was one of the things was the cross of the T, because to them it was a very valuable and mystical symbol. So what we did was we took that symbol, because we knew that Jesus was nailed to a cross, is we dropped it down. We dropped it down to make it into the cross of Christ. But it's still um, an original symbol of an old mystical symbol. So when we look at that, we can look at this in a way that the crucifixion is God who is the new being nailed to what is the old. And him shedding his blood or dying on it, he's dying to what is the old way. And being reborn into something that is fresh and new, which is Christ. There's another area of this cross that is not just the crucifixion, but it's the cross that goes this way here. And when that is called, is creation. Because when they dropped it down for Christ from the from coming to the to the T here and they dropped it down here, it showed that he became creation once again. He went from death to life. The creation itself is called um, by the Greek word bara, B-A-R-A which also means Genesis. And we know that Genesis is the beginning. And as we all know, that death is only the beginning. Whenever we come to a crossroads in our life, we have the two options. Again, crucifixion or creation. Which one will you choose? Only when you are connected with God to the road of creation are you able to be used by the power of God. This is called ASAH, A-S-A-H. And when you connect with creation, it is called to do. So when we are at a crossroads, it is always a question of what? To do. <laughs> so when you are at the crossroads of your life and the question is asked to you, what to do, there is two things that we can do. We can create or we can crucify. And the deep thing about it is, is that there's two different types of creation that we are not aware of. There is a divine creation. And divine creation is when you make something out of nothing. That is what God does when he was in Genesis, and that's what Genesis is. Something out of nothing. There is also human creation. That's our creation. When we make something or we reform something out of something that was existing, pre-existing. So we'll take it and put our spin on it, remix it, 
you know, different things that, that we say that, that we do. You know, even if you want to listen to hip-hop, they take it from the old, remix it, and make it something else new. But we can still hear, regardless of the facts, the, the, the origins of what we had seen before. And um, um, me and my spiritual mom were talking, and we were talking about fashion itself and how the fact that fashion seems like today is just a remix of what happened before. But through death, there is life. Through the ending, there is a beginning. And you have to see that when you're at the, at the crossroads of your life and you're asking what to do, if you choose to create, your creation has to be and it must be divine. And in divine creation, that is when you are connected with the true vine of God, when you are operating by the Spirit, creating something out of nothing, nothing that you've ever heard before, nothing that you've ever seen before, nothing that anybody even around you probably can even understand that they may call you weird or crazy or neurotic or in some cases, you know, even, you know, that's not God and things that people say. But these are the things that they said about Christ. He was divine creation in action. He was doing it. Or you can try to choose to be a human creator. You can create a world where you believe that you are operating in God, but you're operating in the flesh. And as that road, that is a road that we all tend to take so, so often. We create barriers in us. We create blocks in us. We create safety guards in our life so that whatever crossroads that we're standing at when we choose, we justify our choice. We justify the fact that I chose to do this thing. Even if it was the bad thing to do, we justify it. We say that was the thing to do. I just felt like doing it, so I'm going to do it. And then we justify it in our mind, I'm human. Or this thing just made me feel better. Um, even if you have a choice of food, that if you're sitting there and you're saying, do I choose to eat this entire pound cake <laughs> or do I not? And, you, and, and the human creation would say, I want to create the sensation of comfort. And that's something pre-existing that I'm trying to reform into something else. Because the original feeling that you might be feeling is sad or abandonment or, you know, whatever negative spirit that you might be feeling. So you try to reform that, that, that negative spirit into something else. You try to take that thing and you, and you try to create a new world out of it. You know, we'll, instead of dealing with the root of the problem of the thing, we try to re recreate it into something else to make us feel a different thing. But if you want to take the divine creation, and most people don't think about this, it is the crucifixion. It takes the crucifixion in order for us to get to divine creation. Why? 
because the flesh has to be crucified. That thing has to be crucified. Whatever negative thing that was going on in you, you can you can choose a crossroad of trying to create something humanistically, you know, you know, so-called divine out of it, or we can choose to crucify it, leave it there at those crossroads, and move on to divine creation. And if you want to see it in action, it's this way, that if I come to, you know, this crossroads and I'm standing in the middle, I can either create creation in the way of a human way of creating, or I can be crucified with Christ and go on to a divine creation. And I can become the new man because he says that we become new creatures in him. A creature is a new creation in God. And the only way for us to do that is to receive that new creation. And and when we actually embrace that, we embrace the new creation, we leave back the old self, the old flesh, the old wine, the things of Tammuz. To be crucified with Christ is to align ourselves with creation, with the origins of life. In order to live, we must die. At the crossroads, we will fall into human creation and will reform that that existing and call it new wine. We call it that because it is a deception of self. And these are the things that you don't want to fall into is that deception of self. You want to stay in true true alignment with God. And when, when Jesus was speaking to the disciples in Matthew, and he was talking to them, he gave us so many different examples of this in your life. And we don't really see it in that way, but you're going to see it because of the way that it was presented to you. In chapter 19 of Matthew and 1, it says, and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished the saying, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, it is lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, have ye not read that which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall become one flesh. So he's telling you that at the crossroads of life, he's telling you that you have always a choice. Even men, when men were divided, you know, from themselves, making, making Adam and Eve, like he has said at the beginning, that he had divided them to, to um, um, male and female at the beginning at the Genesis, he said that he causes him to leave his father and his mother because he wants to create the original Adam again, the original Adam and Eve to become one flesh together. And he says, wherefore, they are no more twain but one flesh, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder, right? So he wants us to be one flesh. And he says, they say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a written uh, writing of divorcement 
and to put her away. He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of, of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be from fornication. And when he talks about fornication here, he's saying that that is, that, that is the key, that is the only thing that he's, that he's seeing as a way of putting a wife away. So he's saying that literally this, at this crossroads, you have chosen to do what? You have chosen to create a human, human creation with fornication. And with fornication, you're creating something that looks like, it seems like it is a divine creation, but it is not. You have chosen to create a new world with a new being because of whatever is going on negatively on the inside of you, abandonment or, or dissatisfaction or whatever is going on with you. So you go off and you fornicate with another person to create this new world of, and just like I was saying with the cake, I'm going to tantalize my, my sensations to create this new world to, to, uh, to satisfy or justify myself. But at that moment, of the decision of crossroads of temptation inside of you, you can choose to crucify the flesh. You can choose to deny the flesh and follow God. But you have made in that moment the choice, the choice to say that I choose not to be in this, um, this, this covenant with God. And in that fornication, you break the covenant. So there's no covenant there. You have already chosen the road. That's why he's saying to the, that it's okay to divorce in that, in that moment. And he says, if the person fornicates and, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whosoever marries her, which is put away, doth commit, doth commit adultery. His disciples say unto him, if the cause of a man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. So he's saying that if, you, if you're not willing to be crucified in your flesh, crucified to be with one woman for the rest of your life, you should never marry. His disciples say unto him, if it's, okay, I read that. But he says, but he said unto them, all men cannot receive this thing, save they to whom it is given. So marriage is not for everyone, it's not for everything. If you cannot be able to be committed, if you cannot deny your flesh in this way, if you cannot crucify your flesh, because we all know marriage is crucifying the flesh <laughs> because of all the things that you go through. But if you cannot be crucified in your flesh, don't go down that road. He says, for there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, and, they, and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. So he's saying that, that there are some people who were made this way. There were some people who were actually born this way to be celibate, to be one with God, to, to, to walk in that way with God. And there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs of the kingdom of God for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So they make themselves a eunuch for the kingdom of heaven. Say they choose not to get married because they know that I want heaven. So he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. And here again on, on verse 13, here is a new um, explanation of crossroads, of choices. 
He says, Then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked the little children. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. He's telling them that to be joined with him, to be crucified with Christ, are those that are the kingdom of heaven, those that choose the way of God, that choose him. And he laid his hand on them and departed them. He says in verse 16, and here is another example, he says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now he's asking because he just heard him talk, talk about these children, that the kingdom of heaven is such as these, or these little children, so one of the disciples are asking him, how can I obtain eternal life? And he says, and he said unto him, why callest thou me good? He was talking about his flesh. There is none good but one. That is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, because who is Jesus? He is the way, the truth, and the life. So he's saying that if you enter into covenant or crucifixion, crucifying the flesh, you know, and, you know, coming into the life, entering into the life, keep the commandments. So he's saying that when we choose God, when we choose the way or the walk of God, we choose, we, we choose him, all of these things are actually going to happen. You're going to end up keeping the commandments anyway, Right? Then he starts to go in here and talk, talk about the commandments, and he says, he saith unto him, which Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, and thou shalt not commit adultery, and thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not bear false witness. And he goes down, down the line to say this. And the young man saith unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth. What lack I yet? So he's saying, this, this young man is saying, I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't committed adultery or committed false witness. I haven't stolen anything from anybody. Why is it that, you know, I still can't enter into the kingdom of heaven? What am I, what's wrong with me? And on verse 21, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. So he's telling you, leave everything. Follow me. He's telling you that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is telling you to be crucified of your flesh, all of your wants and your needs and all those things that satisfy your flesh and tell you that it is good or gives you this false humanistic creation. So leave the human creation onto the divine creation. Leave it alone. Take that road. And he says in verse 22, but when the young man heard this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So he couldn't crucify his flesh. He couldn't give up the fleshly things to, to walk in the divine. Just like the same thing with the married couple here. If you cannot crucify your flesh when coming unto temptation, you will create a human creation and it will not be divine. But once we continue to walk in a divine way and choose God every time, we will, we will be formed into that original Adam. 
Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And said, and again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's saying that it is so hard for us to, de- to deny the flesh, deny the flesh, deny the flesh, that we, you know, that no, that no one man who is so rich and so wealthy and has so many possessions is able to just give all that up for Christ. So let's think about this in one minute. If I was to give you $1 million, not in a check, but you actually sit down and see it in a form of gold bar stacks, not even paper money, but we see it in stacks of gold. And I tell you, all of this can be yours if you only deny Christ. Would you take one second, one moment to think about it? before you make that decision? Or would you immediately look at that stack of gold and say, no? That is the moment of accepting the divine creation and accepting who God is, walking down that crossroads and choosing the the road to the divine. And he says in verse 25, when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then shall be saved? Who's able to say no? <laughs> Who's able to crucify their flesh and say, no, I won't do this. No, I won't choose that. No, I won't go down that road of human creation. No, I won't do that. You know? No, I won't. And I'll go ahead and crucify. I'll go ahead and get on the cross with Christ. I'll go ahead and let them beat me and call me names. And call me all kinds of outside of my name. Oh, I'll just go through that for God. I'll do for him what he did for me. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. If we walk by the Spirit, If we are standing in the spirit, if we are existing in the spirit with God, we will always choose yes. We will always say, yes, Lord. You know, we do it every every Sunday. Yes, Lord. Why? Because you're so enraptured by the spirit of God that all things become possible. I can give away this million dollars to obtain eternal life. The answer would be yes. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have, therefore? So Peter wants to know, what am I going to get? Because I left everything for you. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye have that that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of of his glory. So he's not only telling you just to walk with him because you know how we will do. You know, church people think that, you know, okay, I'm, I'm walking with him. I'm going to church every Sunday and I'm, and I'm performing all of these rituals and things like that. So I'm walking with God. But are you regenerated? 
Have you gone through the transformation? Have you been regenerated in Christ? Are you the divine creation, something out of nothing? Or are you a regeneration of something that you've seen before? Are you the human creation of something that you've seen before? Are you walking and into uh, and wearing the church hat, the church clothes, the church shoes? Are you speaking the church lingo? That is the human creation of self. But are you walking in the divine creation, something out of nothing, something that you have never been before, something that you have never seen before? And Jesus said unto them, verily, and he's telling them, verily I say unto you that you which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He's saying if you are, if you become the full embodiment of me, you will rule and you will reign with me. This is how you get to heaven, the regeneration. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, land, for my sake, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And he's saying that not everybody is going to be able to do this. But as we go on further and further towards this, you know, this evolution of life and the time that is, that is passing us by, our generations keep getting stronger and stronger. The reason why is that they're not searching for something that was already preexisting. They are searching for something from nothing the newness, the new creation, the divine creation. And they are ready to, ready to be crucified with him. They're ready to be crucified. The, the thing that people call weird, unusual, all these different things. You go through the crucifixion of the flesh so that you can obtain eternal life, so that you can be recreated regenerated in him so that you can receive the divine. So when you are standing at the crossroad of your life, and we get crossroads each and every day, should I go left? Should I go right? Should I eat this? Should I taste this? Should I touch that? Should I hear that? Should I look at that? Should I say that? Should I hit that? all of these different things, all these crossroads that we come to in our life, choose the divine. Choose Christ. This is the way. And narrow is the way, he said. Narrow, and few will find it. Think of the eye of the needle. Shall I pass through the eye of that needle? Or shall I stand here and say it is impossible, impossible for me to choose the divine creation. It's a choice, and we all make it. We make it every day with everything that we do, even me, myself. 
I have to make those choices each and every day. So the Lord is saying, choose me. He's saying that, you know what, it's not possible through your flesh. No, you cannot deny it. But everything is possible in him. So even if you come to a point of temptation in whatever that you're going through and you don't see that you can make it, or even if you fall or fail, because we all do, choose God. Ask for help. Ask the Lord to make you over. Regenerate me in this area of my life. Kill the flesh in that area of my life that I can become new so that I won't die to my old ways and I won't succumb to Tamus, all of those old ways and old lines. And that's all I have for you today. I thank the Lord for the, for the word this morning. Help me. I know it's going to help you. Let's just go ahead and, and choose the vine in our life. And um, it's not an easy road. Nobody's saying that it is. But as we continue to walk in God more and more, it becomes easier. And we are the House of David. You can always contact us at our website. It is houseofdavidchurch.com. You can always email us at Gmail, which is onehouseofdavid at gmail.com. We encourage you to contact us so that we can help you out in whatever way of life, any questions or things like that, and we will be able to reach out to you and uh, and give you some help. You can always um, look us up and let us know, you know, questions, answers, things of that nature, and that we love you and we know that you're seeking out for the word of God. Let us help you. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.